Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 228 of Slamfire Radio for October 20th, 2017. I am one of your hosts, Adriel, the hunting gear guy, Michaud. And this week I'm your other host, Brian Bolivar from Modern Rifleman Radio. I'm replacing the other three regular hosts. Yeah, listeners, you're getting ripped off. Is that a one for three deal or a three for one deal or a one third deal? I think you're getting one for the price of three. Yeah. 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 Mm. Your discount may vary. Uh, offer not valid in all stores. Uh, but at least I showed up. Yes. Which You've got that going for you. Save for the other ones. Now, okay. <laughs> Matthew is probably moving slash getting his house ready to sell. Mm-hmm. So that's like a good reason. Yep. Yep. And Kelly is probably traveling, getting ready for a Maple Seed event. This weekend. Always I know doing maple seed, yep. Training yep. the youth. Uh-huh. And Trevor might have a good excuse, but it's funnier if we assume he doesn't. Mm. So let's just assume he's being slack. Ah, uh, he's probably, you know, strung out on drugs underneath a bridge somewhere. Or he's in a tree stand looking for bears. <laughs> Mine's funnier. Maybe it could be both. Maybe he's strung out on drugs and looking for bears. I don't, we, no, we don't recommend hunting. Hunting while strung out. No. That's not that's not cool. Probably not a good idea. But no. 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 Anyway, whatever whatever Trevor's reason for not being here is it's poor and <laughs> we, we should we should just simply assume the worst because it's funnier that way. Yeah, assume the worst. Real. He hates the listeners and uh yeah. Just hates the listeners. Yeah. We can leave it yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, it's obvious. When you listen to the show, it's clear that he hates the listeners. <laughs> All right. Uh, What we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. The Calgary Shooting Center is hosting the ONN uh, training two-day pistol course. That'll be running October 28th to 29th. Register online at onntraining.ca. Now, Brian, we haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, What have you been up to in guns recently? Well, uh, recently, uh, a little bit of stuff. Um, I did have the Maple Seed Gang here in Barrie um, this past weekend. So I had uh, Kelly and our very own Kelly Lynn, um, her boyfriend Kevin and Rick, uh, as well as our friend Stacy from Michigan and, and some other folks staying at my place. And um, we did Maple Seed for three days. So we had two regular classes, Friday, Saturday, and then a youth event on Sunday. So that was pretty cool. I was um, not participating as a student. I was uh, there sort of to assist. And basically, I spent most of my time trying to look busy so that people wouldn't ask me to do hard stuff. <laughs> nice and, tactic. 
as as one of my uh, one of my new friends that I made at the event said, uh, walking with purpose is a valuable skill. So <laughs> as long as you look like you have a purpose, it's it's all good. Um, and then I but I did get to shoot uh, some MQTs. I wanted to try and do it in a challenging fashion. Um, so I grabbed my Lee Enfield, and wow, that's hard. Uh, yeah, it just I couldn't couldn't make it happen. The uh, not only was I you know trying to cycle a bolt action with my left hand of course uh which adds to the challenge mm -hmm. um but as the the gun got warm the point of impact changed quite a bit and i couldn't bottom the sights out any further um so i had to hold like kentucky elevation underneath my targets to try and get the rounds to hit and it mm. just you know not cool um did you reload that, from the, stripper the clips um what i would do is start with the mag with five rounds in it on the ground and then a stripper clip and mm -hmm. that was one of my problems because i'd insert a partially filled mag into the gun and sometimes the rounds would just kind of go splooge mm -hmm. yeah. all through the mag it's they're it never meant to really do that um so that added some challenges um there there was several attempts at it where i actually did get all the rounds off everything worked but no matter what i would all, always get like a rim lock somewhere so you'd have to kind of fight with that and just combined with um you know the sight issue i just i just couldn't quite get the uh, 210 score the highest i had was a 201 i think hmm. so you know uh, in the end um rick took pity on me and lent me one of the uh, maple seed 1022s with uh, tech sites with irons and I, yeah. I did shoot that and qualify with it because holy holy crow that was a very accurate rifle those rounds just landed at the top of that post no matter what it did it was just just beautiful so mm. so that was nice so uh, yeah after shooting a f you know a standard caliber rifle for you know a day and a bit uh shooting a 22 was nice <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's, especially when you're when you're running from those positions it's nice just shooting the 22 and and uh getting back on target really quickly and then getting lined up for your next shot instead of Ooh. taking a, a a full cartridge plus running the bolt plus stripper clips yeah. press all the other nonsense you got to yeah, yeah, I know that was you know, that was all good. So, um, the only other thing I've been doing, um, I ordered some more parts for an upper build I'm working on. I ordered a um, one of the really lightweight pencil Faxon 14 and a half inch barrels, and a gas block for that. So I'm waiting for that to show up. And Where'd you some order from? Uh, CTC Supplies. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they have a couple Faxon things over there. Yep, yeah. and and actually the 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 pencil barrel the pencil profile uh is one of the cheaper ones that faxon makes so that helped hmm. that was good you know i wasn't paying over 400 it was 279 something like that so what are you going to use it for i i just want to like both of my ars that i have now are 20 inch and my my like my service rifle ar it has a fairly heavy barrel mm -hmm. i wanted to go, go the opposite way i wanted to build something nice and light and handy um, like for CQB, that kind of stuff, just to have something on the opposite end of the spectrum. It's, I'm really being inspired and kind of following along with, um, with in range TV. I don't know if the, the listeners or many of the listeners follow them too, but they're do doing a, what would stoner do project, which yeah. is kind of reimagining the AR 15 with modern, like today's best, lightest weight equipment, you know, parts and stuff. So they've used that barrel. I picked that you know, based on, based on their recommendations. So 
I'm kind of making that happen. And are you gonna are you gonna use the uh, buffer kit that they used? They had a real interesting telescoping captured unit that they yes, that they were the using. JP Enterprises uh, silent yeah. captured. I am probably not. Um, I I looked at what they proposed for that and and the the benefits of it, and I just don't see the benefits being worth the cost for mm-hmm. me personally. So. I'll probably stick with conventional. At this point, I'm just building an upper anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've already, I'll just put this on one of my other lowers for now. But I know eventually the way I, I've, I've tried this game in the past, and my uppers usually end up growing lowers because changing an upper out, that's a lot of work. I'd rather just grab my rifle out of the case and, and go. So I, I know me. I, I will eventually go that route. So well, you I mean, can, you can it. kind of design it for what you want to use it for. Like do, do your other rifle lowers – do they have a, a carbine stock or do they have a full rifle stock on them? Oh, they're all carbine stocks, yeah. Oh, okay. That's not so bad yeah, then. So yeah. I can work with that. Um, so, But my, my match rifle has um, the trigger tech trigger in it, so that's kind of my idea. I want to have just the one lower with the, the nice trigger in it, and I'll just use mm-hmm. this switch uppers back and forth and go from there. So Makes sense. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I'm just slowly putting together parts for that. Um, I've got to start looking for a bolt carrier group and charging handle. Um, I'm hoping that there'll be some Black Friday sales that I can get some stuff for oh, yeah. good pricing. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how coming up pretty quick here. Yep. Yeah. So, and then uh, the other thing I've got to do is get ready. I have a CQB match this weekend. So I have to get to the range tomorrow and just confirm zeros and stuff and decide which rifle I'm going to use. I had a plan up until I got home tonight. And then I think maybe I'm going to switch rifles. So I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit flip floppy on that. So yeah, well, the rifle is we'll the more crucial of those ones because I found the pistol shooting on that one to be pretty easy, uh, just to just on a standard CQB match. What, do you feel the same way? Oh no, the pistol is the worst part. Oh, <laughs> it's the hardest by by far. Oh yeah, no, having to drill headshots at. Well, see, the way we do it in Ontario um, mm-hmm. is you've got your your figure 11s. And at 25 yards, you've got two to the body, one to the head, two to the body, one to the head. And if you don't get the headshot, you the body shots don't count. Oh, you're doing them at 25 yards. Yeah, 25, ah. 15, and 10. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. The pistol is the critical point. But, I mean, I'll just use my 320. That's what I've got. That's what I'll, I'll go with. So, yeah. Um, it's uh, – have, have you seen the 320 uh, X5? I've seen pictures of it. I have not had a chance to handle one. Um, I meant to ask last time I was at Elwood Epps to see if they had any in. Um, and I decided to not go there today because it takes my time and my money. So, <laughs> Funny how that happens. Uh, great, great store. And everyone should shop there because it's, you know, the it's my favorite gun store in Canada. Um, and that's, and that, that was true before they sponsored me. So, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah it's you know i i don't want to start drooling over another uh pistol that Mm. will make me want to buy it because i'm guessing those will run 15 ish in canada i have no Uh, idea what they're gonna be here yeah there's so few of them in the country that uh i have no idea i've got yeah no clue and and honestly at this point i'm just waiting to hear from sig to see when they're gonna ask me to send my 320 in to do all the voluntary safety upgrades so are you so you filled out the form and you're you're waiting on them to respond to yeah yeah huh pretty much yeah we had a now, show now, two weeks ago that uh another listener was in the same boat they'd fill out the form and 
not received anything back yet. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not expecting it to be um, a short time frame until they even get get to me. And now I do understand that the in Canada all the pistols will be going back to Indy Charlton. Mm-hmm. They won't be they don't have to go down to the States, so that's a positive. Um, but I'm sort of anticipating that once my pistol gets sent in, it'll take a little while. So um that's it is it is what it is. I can't really say that I'm not going to um increase the safety features of my pistol um because of inconvenience. That seems kind of dumb. So I, I think it's for me it's it it's something I definitely want to get looked after. So I think it'll it comes, improve the resale as well. So if you're if you're selling a P three twenty and you're like this one's got the optional trigger mods on it, it's gonna be better for resale value than no I didn't bother. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's so. In, in the meantime, I I went ahead and bought another pistol to um, as a backup for when that goes away. So I actually bought it. I went back in time and bought a two fifty. Um, oh, there you this go. way I have I get more mags that work in both guns. My holsters work with it, and uh, and that kind of thing. And but the and trigger's the, so long. <laughs> the trigger is long. Yeah, and it's but. You know, it still shoots really accurate. I've yeah. I've always kind of had a soft spot for that gun, so this gave me a reason to get one. And what what I didn't understand, uh, this was an added benefit, is it made Trevor go sideways when I told him I was buying this. So it's, it's all good. He he totally disagreed with this, and he was quite angry at me. Um, I think he hung up on me twice about it. So. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's know, not exactly a competition pistol, like a double oh action only. No. Hammer no. pistol is <laughs> a lot no, of trigger. No, no, no. And it, it turns out this one is maybe really old because um, it's got like the, the serial number starts with two zeros, two or three zeros. Like it's oh. an early series. Um, so it's, yeah, the finish is different than other 250s I've seen. The trigger itself is a little different. So it's, it's a different beast than i was i was uh realizing i was buying but anyway it's it it is what it is it'll give me uh at least i'll have an uh, i'll still have a nine mil in the house that i can use while my gun gets sent away you know what and maybe it'll turn out that my my 320 is only gone for a couple weeks i don't know but whenever it's going to happen i've got no clue i've got a plan to go down to the states in may for a match and i don't want to be without a nine mil at the time so I'll, uh, if worst comes to worst, I'll run the 250. So at least I've got holsters for it. So I'm yeah. good that way. Hmm. Does the two, you, you have holsters for the 250. Does the 250 fit the 320 yeah. holster? Yeah, ah. it's the same. yeah, it's the same. So it's totally interchangeable. So I don't have to worry about buying another holster and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, that'll save some money. And because I'm left handed, it's actually kind of a challenge to find holsters for any given gun. So mm-hmm. I can't just borrow friends and, and all that stuff. So. This this will work. It's a it's a thing. It gave me an excuse to buy to buy a pistol that I kind of wanted, but you know, not everything has to be the latest and greatest. You can go retro a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's it'll be difficult to shoot well, but <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I'm I'm curious because I've shot with guys at nationals who their unit is issued two fifties, and those guys. Um, win events god bless their hearts <laughs> there it's a it's an accurate it's an accurate platform it's just not a fast platform mm-hmm. um so yeah i i think it'll be 
be fine. Now, something I noticed, though, was kind of interesting with this particular gun. I've got one of the iTarget systems like you have, and I've got the 9 mil laser bullet, right? So I thought, oh, this would be cool because this is a double-action-only pistol. I can just use this in this gun, and I don't have to reset and rack. But the bore on this barrel is so tight, I can't fit the laser in it. Really? Did you try oiling the uh, O-rings? Uh, yeah, like I can't insert it from either end. I can't even stick it in the muzzle end. Like it won't, it's not like it's getting hung up on the rubbers. It's getting hung up on the, the brass at the very mouth. So it's like the bore of this pistol is at the bottom end of the, uh, spec. Huh. Different. So, huh. huh. That's weird. It is. But now I, I fired it with factory ammo. I, I didn't realize this had this tight bore condition, but I fired it with factory ammo. I fired it with my uh, hand loads and everything was fine. So mm-hmm. um, I don't see a problem. Uh, in fact, maybe when I'm at the range tomorrow, I'll take this pistol too and just finally put it on paper and just see how it actually groups. So yeah, that'll yeah. give me something to do tomorrow too. So yeah. that's part of the fun. Yeah. We'll see. Anyway, okay, so that's it for me. What about you, Adrian? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I just did the podcast on Sunday, so all my stuff is pretty up to date. Uh, I did order uh, my 1911 parts, so I got uh, a nice trigger on the way, a magazine well, and some mags. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'd like to give it a trigger job, but first I want to shoot a few hundred rounds out of it just to kind of wear it in and, and, and see what the, uh, where things are at. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then another guy at my uh, in my three gun group uh, also has a bunch of 1911 parts, so he's going to bring some out to our next match, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna bring some cash, and I'll buy anything that looks kind of cool <laughs> and looks I like see. it would it would work. All right, cool. Now, when you say nicer trigger, what does that mean? Just the just literally the trigger, not the sear or the engagement mm-hmm. or anything that really matters. Just a nicer trigger because the factory Norinkos come with this three-hole trigger that's kind of, in my opinion, ugly. So I got one of the uh, K-hole triggers that it's uh, just a little bit nicer. I'll still have oh. to fit it to the gun and everything, but uh, so it's it's nicer in that it's prettier. Yes, it's okay. a twenty-dollar yeah. prettier part. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to, uh, yeah, get a grasp of that. You know, um, what you meant by by nicer because it's open to inter- interpretation. So, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the real work that needs to go into that gun is a trigger job. I think the uh, magazine well will help. Um, it already comes with okay sights. Everything else is TBD. As soon as I start shooting it, I'll find out if the safety is poorly fitted or if the uh, uh, slide lock is uh, is too extended or anything like that. Right. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, and there's something to be said for giving a gun, you know, like a thousand round trigger job, you know, just yeah. uh, just work it in. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, with the price of nine mil, like we we're talking about before, that's not even that expensive a uh, a proposition. So no, uh, you you know what? I've I'm gonna take some guys out from work and. <laughs> shoot this gun <laughs> yeah keep shooting it keep shooting it <laughs> there you go yeah so i don't even have to let all the rounds out myself i can have other people uh shoot the guns so yeah i'm gonna have a, a group of uh people out from work and at the same time i'm gonna get them to wear in my uh my pistol and i'm gonna sight in my hunting rifle because boy it's getting close to november <laughs> and i still have a, a brand new rifle that has never shot around and it needs to be sighted in so i can shoot some stuff with it 
That is important. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, hunters, it is a good idea to sight in your rifle before you go hunting. Um, even though it's been fine those last five years, in theory, um, go sight them in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so with, I, I with agree some, with that. With yeah. some paper, because sometimes, you know, yeah. shooting a pop can or some dirt or something like that is not really reliable enough. <laughs> no, no, it's nice to know that, you know, your gun is going to be able to hold a group for, you know, a few rounds anyway. You don't need a lot of... Um, uh, you know, long-term accuracy, but, uh, you know, two or three rounds, it's nice to know that it's going to group where you intend, um, especially after the first round. You don't want to have a cold bore shot that's significantly different than a follow-up shot. So Yeah, and I'm, I'm a little bit worried about that with this gun because it's got quite a thin barrel and I don't really like the uh, mounting it's got between the stock and the action itself. But, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll see. Maybe it's fine. Maybe it doesn't Which, matter. Which... Uh, which I, and you know what I sh I should know this because I'm sure you've talked about it on the show. But for the listeners who don't remember, what is your new platform that you're hunting with this year? Mossberg Patriot. Not because oh. I particularly wanted to like buy a Mossberg. I don't like I had a Tika before and that was fantastic. But because I review things that people are interested in, so yeah. there's lots of people who are interested in the Mossberg platform. It's got very inexpensive. Uh, it's a, it's an inexpensive platform by itself. This is the mm -hmm. cheapest 6.5 Creedmoor rifle you can get, just okay. flat out in Canada. So, uh, yeah, so that's that was kind of interesting. And uh, I'm just wondering if it's going to uh, do anything with the accuracy and long-range potential of 6.5 or if it's just going to be like a 200, 300-yard rifle kind of a thing. I hope it isn't because uh, I've got the opportunity to shoot uh, uh, deer and moose at 400-ish, so... That'd be nice. Mm, okay. So, all right. Going back to the the way that the barrel is fitted in the in the stock is, I guess it's not free floated. Uh, it's free floated. The action itself, there's no like pillars or anything like that. It's kind okay. of a flexi stock. So it's just it's just torqued down on a plastic sock. Which, uh, yeah, you could say that the Tika does isn't uh, uh, pillar bedded either. Um, and it's like very, very accurate platform, but the Tika has got like a, a nicer stock than the, the Mossberg. So yeah, a little less flex in the stock. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can see that. No, yeah. no, mm -hmm. you know, I might be surprised. So I'm, I'm open to it. I'll, uh, I'll take it to the range and punch some groups and, uh, see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's <clears throat> cool. Yeah. I hope that works. It's, it's interesting. Cause I, I see, you know, lots of people going with six, five stuff and it, Invariably, it's six five Creedmoor now. Uh, that seems to be the flavor of twenty seventeen. Oh, it's such a good round. Like you, you, it's it's very comparable to three hundred eight, except the ballistics are all better. So, not like not all better in like wholesale, but like most of them for most use cases, it's a better round to choose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just surprised. It seems to be taking over like the two sixty, um, yeah. which is based on the you know, three way case. Um, it's, it's interesting. I guess though, the, the Creedmoor is, well, no, you still need a three oh eight length action in a semi auto, yeah. I think for it. So, yeah, it's just using the 30 TC for a parent case. So it's, it's a little bit different, but not really that much different. It's just, I don't know. You can get factory ammo. That's very accurate and very good mm -hmm. long range. And your rifles are generally pretty good for it. So, uh, yeah, that might be that might be the thing is the factory ammo because I think the ammo companies are investing in the in the six five Creedmoor uh, more so than the two sixty. So there's yeah. probably better selection. 
Um, yeah, because what, what it was Hornady who released that cartridge, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like all the so, all the yeah. ammo that I've got is all Hornady stuff, and it's all like yeah. nice and accurate. Like you can buy thirty thirty five dollar box of ammo, and it's accurate, and it's something that you can use at that those mid range shots, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that sounds good. I, I hope you have good luck, and uh, I hope your hunting works out well. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm hoping also to have some hunting success for a change uh, this year. I'm back again, so but just for a couple days. So we'll uh, see what, what are happens. you going after? Uh, whitetail. Hmm. So Sweet. we'll see. I've got my uh, my PAR in 300 blackout for that. So ah, uh, I'll be curious to see how that works. It should be good. Uh, the trick is to find a deer that we I I did see a beautiful deer last year. But it was far away and running quickly away further. So I decided to, ethically it was not wise to shoot at it. So I left it alone. Um, so hopefully I'll have some better luck this year. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yep. All um, right. Why don't we go on to upcoming events? Sure. Uh, this next one here is coming up this weekend. Uh, they're going to be holding the second annual F Cancer Charity Shoot at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club on October 21st. Entry will be $40. This is a pistol, rifle, shotgun match. Loaner guns and spare gear will be available on site for those who need it. Uh, more details, and we've had the link in our uh, show notes a couple times already, but it's on Facebook. It costs us $40, and it includes a t-shirt and a lunch, which is a pretty good deal. Yep, it is a good deal. Yep. Uh, the next one we have here is uh, three-gun events coming up. The Northwest three-gun season finale will be this weekend, and the Vancouver Island uh, PFI Canada Three Gun Nation. Uh, it, it might be a match. It might be a practice. They're going to do these uh, twice a month uh, through December. And uh, the mid-month one will be a match or practice. And the start of the month one will be the match. Uh, so I'm not sure which one that's going to be this uh, weekend coming up. But if you're on Vancouver Island, there's that Three Gun Nation Club. Uh, next weekend after that, there will be the Lakeland Three Gun Match on Saturday. The MHRRC Halloween three-gun match will be Saturday, Sunday. And then the Northwest three-gun zombie fun match will be on Sunday. So still a lot of them, but uh, we're, we're coming to it. <laughs> They're going to be uh, done pretty soon here. Uh, the next one that we have here, the Bone is Not Alone uh, raffle. This is a fundraiser raising uh, money for uh, Richard Bone. Uh, the tickets are $5 each or 5 for $20. Uh, the money's going to their family to help them out. It's sponsored by SFRC and Calgary Shooting Center and Matador Arms. Uh, SFRC has donated a BCL-102. Calgary Shooting Center has donated an SD9VE. And Matador Arms has donated one of their uh, SKS chassis uh, systems. So there's uh, there's some decent stuff uh, for the winner on this one. And uh, if you want to participate in that, send your EMTs to slamfireradio at gmail.com. We've also got more information on that uh, fundraiser at slamfireradio.com. So check out our website. Uh, why don't we go into the news? Now, Brian, have you heard anything about uh, Canadian Tire discontinuing their uh, SKS sales? Um, I did listen to an interview from, um, CSSA, uh, not CSSA, but, um, our other, uh, firearms org and, I, yeah, that one, uh, that, that was escaping me. Apologies, Tracy. Um, and now I can't remember what they said, but, uh, 
basically the, it was somehow in relationship to the shooting in Las Vegas. It seemed like kind of a knee jerk reaction uh, at Canadian Tire Corporate. Um, and they actually, I believe, were looking at uh, discontinuing sales of any and all semi-automatic rifles, um, but mm. they just settled on the very evil SKS. Yeah. So I, it baffles me hmm. why they're doing that. But yeah, I remember I remember looking through the Canadian Tire uh, catalog as a kid and uh, <laughs> looking at the hunting rifles and all sorts of other stuff in oh, there. Yeah. So it would. Uh, I think it'd be a step away from where they've come from to not sell uh, firearms on uh, w- within Canadian Tire, right? They're kind of like a, a general store in a lot of the places mm-hmm. that they're at. And, you know, in, in some of the small towns that they're in, they are the only place where you can get uh, guns or ammo or like hunting uh, ammo, right? So mm-hmm. it'd be disappointing mm-hmm. if they uh, if they cancel out more firearms. Well, yeah, and it, it seems again the 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 talk is the semi-autos, so there would still be um, the pump shotguns, mm-hmm. the few pump action rifles, and and the bolt action rifles that they have. Um, it's <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. It's I hope it's just them being knee jerk. I hope it's not them knowing something that we don't know, hmm. which concerns me. I can't me imagine more. they would. Uh, yeah. I, I would I would hope not, but yeah, hmm. tinfoil hat stuff. You know, we'll see. It's yeah. uh, it it is a shame though when a major retailer like that um, uh, stops selling them. And like, it's not like they said that they're not going to sell anymore once they sell out. They're like, no, we're sending these back to the supplier mm-hmm. minus the restocking fee. So they're taking a a hit on this mm-hmm. in order to make this thing happen. So that's. That, yeah, I, I don't – yeah, anyway. Yeah. I'm not thrilled with Canadian Tire over this particular uh, decision. So. Yeah. Well, it's not the first time. I mean they, they pulled SKSs before when, you know, someone had <laughs> a slam fire or something like that with them. So. Well, that was um, – yes, they did, but it was – they suspended sales. They didn't send them back to the supplier. And that was one mm-hmm. of the few times that I've seen our CFO in Ontario – look at things rationally and say, yeah, there is a minor problem that can cause this rifle to malfunction. Do this simple thing and basically maintain it properly and you won't have a problem. So Mm -hmm. that was completely not what I would have expected from our CFO, but it was the rational response and there wasn't a a big deal about it from Canadian Tire. But now they're kind of going, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. In a crazy way that I wouldn't support, but yeah. Anyway, that's that's it's up to them. They're a private corporation; they can yeah. do what they want. So. Yeah. Uh, the next one we have here, uh, and this is more like <laughs> my interest. Uh, they did a uh, a night shoot at TMSA. This was a DSS match out in BC. Uh, they had a, a night shoot uh, using uh, carbines and. Uh, I like to tell the truth, and this is this is my ignorance. I didn't even know this was legal. I didn't know you could do this kind of thing. Like, yeah, crazy. So they got out there with uh, uh, a bunch of flashlights on their guns, and they're they're like one part of the allure of these night shoots is that you can actually use your flashlights on your pistols and rifles and that kind of thing, and uh, and and shoot at targets with all your kit and caboodle that you can use for night shooting, right? Mm-hmm. 
Have you been to anything like this, Brian? I have I have never uh, participated in a, a night event. Um, there is a facility here in Ontario that I know of that does one or two a year. Um, and, you know, you say that you didn't know it was legal. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people make that mistake, I think, because it's not legal for hunting. And it's often not legal at ranges because of noise bylaws. People mm-hmm. think that, oh, my God, this is an illegal activity. No, it's just against a noise bylaw and it's against a hunting regulation. It's not in any way in the criminal code that you can't fire a gun at night. Um, so as long as you're in an, a location that you're not disturbing neighbors and, and that sort of thing, uh, there's no reason for you not to shoot at night. So mm-hmm. it, is, it is what it is. So yeah. uh, now, in theory, if you're actually trying to hit what you're aiming at – you need to have equipment, lights, or whatever, uh, in order to enable you to do that. Just, just shooting your gun in the dark at what you can't see doesn't seem a safe or fun. It seems to be converting <laughs> um, money into brass and noise. So, yeah, um, you know. But yeah, I, I think this is a things. well. It's an opportunity. All those all those guys out there with your you know three four hundred dollar. Uh, flashlights uh, on your pistols like the some of the stuff's really good really high quality high output and mm-hmm. uh, you never get to use it <laughs> so this oh, is yeah. uh, this is a really cool way to use some of that higher power stuff uh higher power flashlights lasers that kind of thing like really yep. even even lasers right they finally make sense at night you can finally like yeah there's a target i see the laser on it so yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of interesting from the from the perspective of being able to use equipment that you normally can't use. Well, and plus it's a different challenge then, right? Because you're you're in a dark environment, so there's different things you have to consider, different challenges to the to the whole shooting thing. So mm-hmm. I can see it just being fun just from that aspect of yeah, it, this is new and different. So yeah, you got to watch your ninety. You can't like if your flashlight's on your gun, you can't break ninety going back to look for targets or anything like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, there's all sorts yes. of weird things you got to think about. Yep. Yeah. No range safe. Yeah, the range safety rules have to be different mm-hmm. uh, or, or beefed up and that kind of thing just to make sure that people aren't. Um, doing stuff that's un- unsafe and uh, plus you just you know even finding stuff you drop like it's one thing to drop a mag uh, on the ground in during the day but you do that in the middle of a stage at night and you're like well maybe I'll find it in the morning I don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about your mag range now <laughs> my, mine are all pretty black they don't show up even you know on a with a flashlight very well so yeah that would be a problem so mm-hmm. yeah different challenges so I can see it being fun and interesting yeah. um, but I haven't really invested a lot in you know lasers and lights to enable me to actually do that kind of thing because I don't have a lot of opportunity for it so I just haven't gone there so mm-hmm. I keep you know, we'll see. Someday, maybe I'll get into doing some of that sometime. Yeah, I think it would be fun just once a year. But yeah, very yep. interesting. Yep, for sure. Uh, getting on to some new gun stuff. Uh, Magdump.ca has nine millimeter blazer brass for two fifty nine per thousand. And man, like I'm having problems justifying reloading at this point because for me to reload, it takes uh, let's see, about one hundred and ten bucks for a thousand bullets. Uh, mm-hmm. call it 50 for the primers, call it, I don't know, 10 or 15 for the powder. I'm sitting at 
what is that even 170 ish yeah to be yeah, reloading yeah. and that, that's that's reloading with with fmjs or tmjs and i can i of course i can make that cheaper doing uh polymer coated bullets or lead coated bullets or not lead coated just lead bullets um but that's not comparable man this stuff's cheap 259 i think about my time put in to like do the reloading pick the brass clean the brass uh, look, uh, deal with the odd uh, IVI brass that sneaks their way in there and has that pr- uh, crimped primer pockets on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, I uh, I understand it. Um, you the the logic you're stating is correct. However, I still just enjoy reloading my ammo, so I just I'll still stick to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it becomes you know a dead even, I probably. And, on, and honestly, I I tend to like the the recoil impulse on my on my handloads a little better than most factory I shoot. So yeah, sometimes the factory is a bit snappy compared to what you can do with reload. Can be, yeah. yeah. You can tweak things a little bit. Um, certainly uh, with but with pistol though, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Shotgun, I gave up reloading shotgun for a long a long time ago for that reason because mm-hmm. just it didn't make sense economically, and I don't I didn't shoot shotgun much anymore anyway. So. Um, now, and the, the other thing, too, is I have invested in a Dillon 650, so mm-hmm. gosh darn it, I'm going to use it. I'm not just going <laughs> to let it sit aside because I can get, you know, 9 mil for, you know, pretty cheap. I may yeah. as well use the, the system, and i got to pay for it just a little more slowly now uh, in my cost differential. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, so. I'm, I'm going to be reloading as well and, and continue to reload. It's just, man, it hurts when I look at all that time to spend to uh, to make a thousand rounds and I could just turn around and buy it for 250 bucks. Yeah. Anyways, so that's a, that's a killer deal. Um, but you know what? Your wife will probably just make you do chores with the time you're saving. So <laughs> go reload. True. I, I don't know about you, but like I have my reloading room and I can come down here and kind of tune out the noise of family stuff there <laughs> you all go upstairs and bicker and do your thing girls and yeah i'm just gonna hide down here and yeah sorry honey i got a match coming up i gotta make some more yeah, ammo you made ammo yesterday yeah you know i shoot a lot though so <laughs> but it but it is nice so if if somebody is in a time crunch or they can't their store is out of components or something like that okay if i have to buy ammo um it's not going to cripple me you know it's mm-hmm. Not that much more money, so you know you can you can get by in a pinch with that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to like a relatively expensive training course, sometimes it's nice just to know. Okay, I'm just taking factory ammo because I don't want to mess around with my hand loads. Yeah. Um, in case there's something kind of wonky, so yeah, it's just reliability and don't have yep. to you know worry about all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, SFRC is, they're blowing out their NEA branded AR stuff. So if you're on the lookout for, uh, lowers, uppers, complete rifles, they had some in 300 blackout. They've got a lot of stuff that's uh, NEA branded because of course NEA is rebranding to uh, BCL now. Uh, mm-hmm. So they've got some stuff over there that's, uh, that's on decent sales. And I swear I saw that they have another sale this weekend. Yeah, there it is. I got a crazy in-store only sale for October 21st. Uh, looks like they've got brass that's reloadable that you can buy. Looks like they've got uh, all sorts of stuff. Lots of brass, uh, lots of uh, discounts on ammo and uh, shot shells and 
Specials on a few guns will announce on site. Man, I gotta. I wish they did this online because it would be really nice to to get a, a, a piece of some of these sales, but they're so far away. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard for you to justify the flight to Ontario <laughs> to go to the store and get the stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. Yeah, to pick up yeah. all this stuff. But well, uh, even even for me, F- SFRC is four or five hours away, so. Hmm. Their in-store sale can stay there. I, I will not be traveling over for that. So. Yeah, too far. Yep. Uh, why, don't we, uh, why don't we move on to the main topic here? Um, and I was thinking, uh, because you're going to be on here, that we could talk about uh, improving marksmanship for beginners. I actually I was just at the range on Saturday, and some of the uh, uh, I was uh, uh, prepping up and, and testing out a Glock uh, just to check reliability. And I saw a couple of people out there um, shooting. I think a lot of a lot of shooters are trying to be really independent about things and uh, try to figure these things out themselves. And you see the results sometimes when you hit to the range, and someone will quietly set up a station and then start shooting, and you'll look at their uh, target, and it's uh, 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 not very good. Their marksmanship skills haven't uh, haven't developed, but they're still just trying on their own. Um, Mm -hmm. what are, what are some of the things that you'd recommend for someone who's like brand new, um, shooting, let's just, let's keep it to rifles now, just for the sake of, of keeping it nice and tight on scope. But, uh, what would you have, uh, for suggestions for someone who is getting into shooting rifle and wanted to get better at it? Um, there's, there is a wealth of information, uh, on the now online on Mm -hmm. technique, for shooting a uh, rifle. And, and honestly, I think uh, a bunch of my rifle shooting tech, my early rifle shooting technique came from uh, an archaic medium called gun magazines. I don't know if you remember gun magazines, Adriel, um, <laughs> but I used to go down to the, go down to the actual magazine store. They sold cigarettes and, you know, they had a couple coolers full of drinks and they had a big rack of magazines and I bought literally magazines. Um, you get them online now, I guess. Um, but there'd be articles <laughs> yeah. from people. You know, people would write words, and you'd read it, and you know, soak in the knowledge. There's there's stuff now online with uh, video, of course, that you can get techniques and 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 how things work to to work on the f- fundamentals. But there's still no real substitute for taking a class for s- someone who's knowledgeable who can a tell you what to do show you how to do it and then get you to do it and kind of tweak you uh with with your marksmanship um certainly in canada maple seed is a great application for that um but it's a small organization and uh, they can't quite get to every location in canada every weekend as much as they keep getting asked to um you know, <laughs> yeah. being in kingston and halifax and victoria all in the same weekend it's it's not really feasible for them um, but anytime you can get to some type of class where they will teach you some fundamentals of us marksmanship, of trigger control, of breath control, positional stuff. Um, I also like to think that maybe there's some podcasts out there that you can listen to now and again that talk about marksmanship um, and talk about the mental aspects. Um, Slamfire Radio is pretty good for that. Um Modern Rifleman Radio tries to take a crack at that once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still nothing quite the same as having somebody show you how to do things. Um, I know you said you wanted to talk about 
about rifle, but um, your commentary about somebody with a pistol um, and shooting kind of scattergun groups with it. Uh, when I first got into shooting handguns, I did exactly that. I just tried to figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. And then I took a course with somebody. And oh my gosh, it was it was like lights going on. There was uh, light from heaven and angels singing in the background because everything came together. Um, because I had somebody who was competent and could show me all the things that I was doing wrong that I had no idea was even a thing let alone that I was doing it wrong. So um, I definitely recommend getting some some instruction um, and, and then and taking notes and going back and practicing that stuff. You know, look at what you're supposed to be doing and do a lot of dry practice. It's That's cheap and free. No matter how cheap 9mm is, nothing is cheaper than, uh, than shooting dry fire. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, I would I would echo the uh, the findings on pistol. I've been shooting rifle too long, so I, I like I, I'm I'm somewhat proficient in uh, shooting rifle, uh, but pistol was like a mystery to me, <laughs> even with yeah. time. And it it was uh, it definitely took focused practice on my part and uh, and some training classes to uh, to get there. Well, and pistol is just um, orders of magnitude harder than rifles mm-hmm. um there's just you've got this short little sight radius you have something that's really easy to deviate from your point of point of aim uh your grip is much more critical um r- recoil controls is is harder um relatively speaking i i find um it's just it, it is tougher um and i and i think the guys have said this in, in the past that if you can shoot pistol well you probably can shoot rifle pretty well and and i think there's some truth to that because basically the, the rifle is so much easier to shoot yeah it's just and a simple platform yeah after shoot. after learning how to shoot pistol really well your trigger control is excellent and your trigger pull mm-hmm. is excellent because you're used to pulling you know a, a five or a six pound creepy trigger and then you get onto a nice bolt action with like a two or three pound, super crisp, single stage, nothing to mm-hmm. it uh, trigger. And boy, it just feels like magic. <laughs> you can call your yeah. shots no problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Abs- oh, absolutely. Uh, and with with uh, a rifle system, it, can, it gets a lot easier to mount magnified optics, which are fantastic. just makes life simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, relatively speaking, you're, it's so much easier to to see what you're aiming at with a, with an optic of some type of, of scope of some kind. Um, I mean, yeah. well, and just think about like the, the, the distances, what, what's a really long shot with a pistol 50 yards. Yep. What's a pretty long shot with a rifle a thousand yards. So mm-hmm. it's just, uh, just it's orders of magnitude easier to shoot a rifle, um, uh, than, than it is, uh, a pistol in, in, in my opinion. Anyway, yeah, I mean, you can you can get a red dot for your pistol, and, and I've it's it's one thing that I I've noticed is that guys who just get into the sport and start shooting uh, start shooting pistol with a red dot on it, it doesn't help them. It doesn't help anything. So I think that uh, it's you know it's one thing that uh, that you look at. You can't just fix it with uh, uh, adding on a uh, a red dot, right? No, 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 f- no, for sure. Because sighting is not the hard part of a pistol. It's it's grip and stance and trigger manipulation. You you touched on it. You know, you've got a pistol that that has a trigger pull of five or six pounds. Um, 
and that weight that's more than the weight of the pistol itself uh, whereas with a rifle you're you've got a trigger pull that's a lot less than the weight of the rifle so um, it's easier to apply the necessary force on a rifle to get the trigger to break without over overpowering the gun itself whereas with the pistol it's the other way around so um, there's a lot more technique in my opinion with with um, with pistol that makes like subtle technique that has big changes. Mm-hmm. You have to get it all down. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, just in terms of marksmanship, uh, what do you think your biggest breakthroughs were? Uh, just at, on your path to becoming a better shooter. Um, well, the the pistol training course that I took uh, definitely for for pistol was was huge. Um, my biggest breakthrough, I think, for rifle was actually getting out and shooting past a hundred yards. Um, when I first got interested in the Provincial Rifle Association here in Ontario, um, I went to one of their vintage matches and I took, oh, it was probably a P-14, so a 303 World War One bolt-action rifle. And for the first time, I got to shoot back past uh, 100 yards. We were back to 300 that day. And I couldn't believe how easy it was to hit what I was aiming at uh, at that at that what I thought was a crazy long distance and you just kind of realize that oh well yeah this isn't this isn't all that all that hard and just once I had in my head that it's not an impossible thing it became easier I I understood what I was reading a little bit better Um, I could take the lessons from from different um, sources and it made more sense to me and then I I did take some marksmanship classes uh, I actually I started getting into competition, which gave me a reason to get better. Mm. Um, I was that's one of the things that that some people don't see competition as, but I, I've seen it myself. I've seen it in other people. If they start competing, they get better because the competition gives them a reason to want to get better. If it's like if you're going to to go out and and plink at the range with your friends and Nobody's really competing with each other. Everybody kind of is at the same level. You're never pushing yourself to get better. But as soon as you start competing with your friends and start having something on the line, your pride, that kind of thing, then it gives you that motivation and it gives you something you can measure yourself against. Okay, I I did this competition this week and I scored this. And then in two weeks, I'm going to do another competition, and I want to do a little better than last time. And you can see whether you did or, or didn't. So um, just having that motivation, um, it was a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same thing for me on uh, on pistol. I don't think I was uh, – like I was fine just going to the range and making holes in paper and sometimes not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before. But as soon as I got into three again, it's like, oh – if I don't want to be embarrassed and get blown out on stages, I have to shoot the stuff that I'm aiming at. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, even if even if you're in in a formal competition, you realize, oh, I'm expected to be able to make this shot. Okay, I guess I need to look into what's involved in doing that because other people are making the shot, so it's obviously feasible to do. So let's let's get after figuring things out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So you you took pistol shooting courses and rifle shooting courses, and those uh, those both helped out. Are there any uh, any YouTube videos that you that come to mind as like, man, that was really great to to watch? Um, 
There's one on shooting your service rifle that I watched online that I, I thought was really good. It showed uh, doing the palm shelf. It showed using the sling. Um, mm. There's an Asian guy that was shooting, and man, was he good. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, like that one sticks out in my mind, at least, as one of the ones. Anything that you remember? Um, not specifically. Um, I, I spend so little time watching YouTube. Um, I've had the, I've had the fortune of being able to take, take courses and, and get training, uh, face to face. So, uh, and so people can look at what I'm doing and I'm getting immediate, like if I'm shooting at a target, I'll, I'll get feedback. Okay. Did that work? Did that not work? That kind of thing. Um, but for the, for those people who aren't, don't have those opportunities, uh, certainly I would, I would look at those those YouTube things. I would also look at – if I'm looking at information online or reading or whatever, I try and get a cross-section of information. Mm-hmm. If two or – if one person is saying something and nobody else is saying it, it makes me suspect. Mm-hmm. If lots of, of people who are accomplished marksmen are saying similar things, then it – kind of leads you towards okay that's probably a good technique because it works for lots of people um i think i think trevor trevor has said this with with archery if if you're doing something different than everybody else and you're not winning you're not being innovative you're being kind of dumb so (laughs) yeah you're just doing something weird you're just doing something weird uh and and that goes pretty much with anything you're you're doing in life so uh if you're i'm not saying that the, the the basic the same basic thing works exactly for everybody, but it, if a bunch of people are doing kind of this a similar kind of thing, then that similar kind of thing probably works for a lot of people, and you should try that. You do have to be careful getting information. Yeah, same thing with trainers. Um, you have to kind of look at what they're teaching you, and does it make sense? And you know, not not all trainers are going to be able to a not all of them can teach. B not all of them are training to do what you want to do um you ha- have to kind of take that take it that into context uh, as best you can be intelligent mm-hmm. about things question everything um you know kind of really rationalize it in your head and, and see okay does this make sense does it not make sense um yeah I, uh, the thing i've found is uh, if you take enough training courses some of them will have styles so some mm-hmm. of them will say oh I'll draw your pistol and go to a high compressed ready and some will say draw your pistol and and sweep it out rather than uh, going straight to a high compressed ready. So there's different uh, different tactics to doing the same thing between trainers as well. Uh, but it's all uh, like it's all good. I mean the uh, there there were definitely some things that I was doing incorrectly that I was doing incorrectly somewhat successfully like doing doing fairly well um, but Sometimes you got to say, nope, you're not, if you want to get to a hundred percent, that one weird thing you're doing is holding back that last 10%. And if you get good at shooting with doing that one weird thing, you're still handicapping yourself and you're, st- you're still going to have to retrain yourself later if you want to be at a hundred. Yeah. And, and that can be one of the, the worst things for any of us to, to learn. Okay. I'm having a measure of success doing it the wrong way. And for me to stop doing it the wrong way, I have to step back. I have to drop back in my performance to learn it. I have to unlearn what I have learned and then mm-hmm. do it a different way to kind of use a Yoda quote. Um, and that's tough for us no matter what we're doing. So that, that's why I say um, pay attention to what somebody's teaching you and look at what other people are saying. And if it makes – if it kind of 
there's a bunch of people doing kind of similar things and it's probably the right way. Mm -hmm. If you're off following the Maverick, you may be picking a technique that's going to lead you to a limitation and Mm -hmm. you might only get to 90% of your potential and then you have to kind of come back to 70 and and 70% and then go in a different direction to get to the hundred. And that that's hard. It's yeah. uh, it's hard to take a step back to take two steps forward, but sometimes you have to do that. But you have yeah. to be open to that too. Yeah. Um, it's always good. And don't if you're going to a, a training course. Um, in fact, I you know I'm sure I've been guilty of this too, where I'll go to a training course sometime or for something, and my goal is to prove that I already know it and that the the instructor can't teach me something, and that's just a it's at that point it's a waste of my time and the instructor's time. Yeah, and then go in with an open mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, I used to on my pistol hold my left hand, like uh, index finger, on the front of the grip, like front of the sorry, the trigger oh, guard. Yeah. Trigger guard. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, if you look online, yeah, some some people shoot that way, uh, but is that the 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 most optimal way to learn to shoot? Well, not really. So i uh I stopped doing that, and uh well, my pistol shooting's been getting better, so maybe that was a part of it that uh, that helped me get along that way right mm-hmm. yep exactly now and some people learn that way and they do it quite well um but I think in North America we've gotten away from that it's a european thing the the whole support trigger finger in front of the trigger guard um and you still see a lot of guns uh particularly ones made in Europe have a knurled flat spot in the front of the trigger guard for exactly that reason um Mm -hmm. some people can make that work but yeah not for me um what are the things like for rifle shooting Uh, a lot of people will tell you to use the the very pad of your finger much like you do on a pistol which makes a lot of sense but for me i have found i was taught and i found it works for me is to use the the first um, section wear. finger, yeah, the first knuckle there, mm. um, and that works great for me on an AR platform. I know that it doesn't work on a, on a conventional hunting stock. There, I go back to the uh, pad of my finger, but when I'm shooting ARs, which is mostly what I shoot, I have more finger in the trigger, and it works well for me. Um, I've had good success, and a lot of people I know have have a, a a good bit of success doing that and there's reasons for it so mm-hmm. i have to, you have to be open to trying that or not try and then see if it works or not and go from there um d- different positional shooting um can be be tough and you have to kind of try different things it's good like for kneeling and sitting and that sort of thing it's really nice to have someone to show you different ways to do that but sometimes you can get that on on youtube um yeah and 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 a lot of that stuff you could just practice at home. Try it in dry fire, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just see how things see how things are working, and then get to the range and and test it out and and try it. Oh, there's be I, open to things. I'm I'm reloading shotgun right now. Weekend. I know it's not the optimal way of doing it, but oh man, I, I'm gonna have to bite the bullet and learn how to do it stronghand one of these days. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm so fast with the weak hand. I'm, I'm, I've got to be the fastest shotgun loader at, at my club. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, across the country? Well, absolutely not. So Yeah, exactly. I just, and, and see, yeah. yeah. And you're you're recognizing exactly some of the things I said before. It's If you're just comparing yourself to the people at your local club and are satisfied to be the best there, when you know that there's another technique that will take you even further, yeah, you're going to have to unlearn what you've learned and try that, learn that other technique. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, 
even just to have it in my back pocket and be able to do both would be nice. But uh, yeah, I know I'm going to have to bite the bullet. Uh, what kind of uh, rifles would you recommend for, for someone who's uh, getting into, let's say, I've, I've had this question quite a few times, so it's, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to your response. Someone who's getting into shooting altogether and they want to up their marksmanship skill as the first thing they do. They want to become a great marksman, but they're starting with zero. Uh, what, what kind of uh, rifle would you recommend or would you recommend a rifle? AR-15. Just, just be done with it. Just get an AR-15. It's the most superior shooting platform on the planet. Um, okay, I actually do believe that, but of course that's not going to work for everybody. Um, uh, I, I don't. It really depends on what type of shooting you're doing. Um, I like to say rimfire, but if you're shooting out past 100 yards, rimfire it easily. You know, you you run into challenges with external physics that that get in your way uh, get the best rifle you can afford uh, that is legal for the type of shooting you want to do um, so th- again the air 15 is a great shooting platform but if you're not shooting at a range a lot it makes no sense to get a restricted rifle uh, in, in this country anyway um, so it's some type of 22 they're cheap to feed and they can be phenomenally accurate um, pick one you like. It's 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 hard to to say what the best rifle platform is. Really, it's it's so dependent on what you're doing, and mm-hmm. don't ever limit yourself to just one. That's a horrible horrible thought. Um, no, that's like saying you pick a beer that it's the only beer you're ever going to drink the rest of your life. That's horrible. I hate to think that. Well, I mean, we're in Canada, so you can, you can, it is possible to own more than one uh, rifle. You don't. We're not. Exactly. There's not like a, a counter limit that yeah. says you oh you're maxed out with five or anything like yeah. that. So. so, so but see, if you worry about what the best is, then you kind of start narrowing yourself. Get a bunch of different stuff. Try different things. Yeah. Um, probably not an SKS. Probably probably not um, a great training platform for uh, marksmanship. Mm-hmm. Um, something really heavy kicking. You know, a 50 BMG, probably not a great platform for, for training on. Probably not um, a Mosin. Probably not a Mosin. Yeah, honestly, it's 2017. I wouldn't get a full power rifle in anything to to train with. Um, stick with Rimfire or 5.56 for training. Mm-hmm. If you want to go centerfire, go, go fight something in 5.56. The ammo is relatively inexpensive. Uh, you can reload it so you can practice doing that or learn to do that um and nothing beats a rimfire for cheap so um and there's lots of platforms that are restricted or non-restricted that you can use um so yeah, yeah it's something like that yeah if i think if if i was recommending for someone who's just starting out i'd probably say 1022 just just because they're really cheap uh relatively cheap to compare yep. to an ar and uh uh the sh- the ammo's cheap and later on, when they want to sell that rifle and upgrade to an AR, or they want to keep it around, it's it's a good rifle to do that with. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that generally keeps the uh, value pretty well, as long as you don't throw a bunch of silly mods on it. And uh, they're excellent rifles, very reliable to uh, to shoot as well. So yeah, they'd be yeah, great yeah. to start on one of those, and then yeah, then upgrade or trade or sell or keep and uh, keep it in the in the gun safe, right? And you could also look at uh, what is it? What's Matthew's rifle? The seven ninety five. Marlin seven ninety five. That's a great yeah. one too. Yeah. It's also yeah, and it, much cheaper than the uh, than the Mossberg uh, or the uh, the Ruger rather. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so not a bad choice 
uh, Trevor's five nine seven. Not a bad choice. Bolt action twenty uh, twos. Not not a bad choice. There's mm, uh, an in- yeah. increasing. I'd, Maybe like I'd a been, Savage Mark II or something like that. Yeah, those are pretty good. I'd, I've been thinking really hard about getting a rimfire bolt action in left hand, and uh, the options are limited. Uh, but the savage comes to mind, so I may go that route. We'll see. I have lots of wants, but <laughs> as I said earlier, I'm I'm also putting together parts for an AR-15 upper, so I, I can't keep going in eight different directions. I gotta just focus financially. I just can't I can't afford to build build all rifles and buy rifles all at the same time. Yeah, I can't have all the guns. I just can't. So. Yeah. You know, it's it's fun being a sponsored shooter and all, but my sponsorship is not so, so lucrative that I can just have whatever I want. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what what kind of competitions do you uh, recommend for people who uh, want to leverage their marksmanship? I guess you could say. Uh, and then, which which kind of competitions do you shoot? Well, okay, um, the. the the competitions that a person should get into are ones they can get to. Uh, reasonably, mm, um, it, yeah. it doesn't do very good to get into a sport where, you know, you have to travel a great distance or you can't either afford to participate very often or just, it's just too hard to get to it. It becomes, uh, you know, you're, you're defeating yourself before you start. So you have to see what's available locally. And you, that means you're going to have to do a little bit of scouring and talk to different clubs and see what type of competitions they're into. And then you have to kind of find something that um, that you like. Don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid to you know borrow some equipment to to get into it and, and do it. Um, I, I remember when I when I first got into competitive shooting with the URA, really was the CQB program. So short distance, thirty five yards and in, uh, pistol and rifle, and um, you know, I bought my first AR-15 in order to participate in, in sport. It was a Norinco 14 and a half inch because I was not interested in spending a grand to try a sport out for the first time. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, you know, the economics were really important. Um, and in this case, I could, I bought a Norinco and I just traded a bunch of guns that I didn't, I wasn't really shooting anyway. So it didn't cost me a lot of money out of pocket. Um, and and I went that route. So, um, it, yeah. So it's it is it really depends on what's available to you and and what you like. If three gun is like I'm not a big three gun fan personally, mm-hmm. um, but if that's what's available to you and it appeals to you, then get after it and go with that and and yeah. have fun with it. I mean, if if there was nothing else around, then I would. I would shoot three gun. I would yeah. have fun with it. It's well, just, you you had I have other choices. Yeah, you, you mentioned service rifle there. What uh, um, is service rifle just a marksmanship thing? Um, I would say it's yeah, it's it's heavily, really heavily marksmanship hmm. oriented, and it, that's what really appeals to me. Um, there's, it's there's not, quite a bit of running uh, though in it, right? It's not a speed game. What's that? Oh, there is there is movement. There is the mm-hmm. physical challenge. You do have to. Uh, it does test your ability to apply marksmanship principles with an elevated heart rate and, and, you know, you're not just totally static the whole time, that, that sort mm-hmm. of thing, but you're also not getting any extra points for being finished first. Mm-hmm. So you're not going at that frantic, frenetic pace that, that you get into with the IPSX and USPSA and three gun sports. Um, it just, 
and and that's what appeals to me more. It's more of a focus on marksmanship. We do shoot under a time limit, but again, if you're finished before the next person down the line, you get no more points. You, mm-hmm. it's all it's as long as you finish within the time limit, you're good to go. Yeah. So uh, they just add that running in there just to give an elevated heart rate and uh, yep. you know add add a, a new dimension to uh, yeah to the stress little, that you're under. Yeah, a little bit of dynamic stress there. Um, which which is good. It it and it, and you know what I've used that as a motivation to increase my physical fitness hmm. too. Like I, you know because I don't want to be the guy who's wheezing and panting after I move a hundred yards in a either a quick or leisurely time period. You know it's just it's just kind of nice to do that. Um, and I mean we yeah. we all we also have to be able to, where I shoot at military ranges. At every distance, there's a mound to shoot on. So there's a slight incline that you have to be able to climb and not blow your Achilles tendon or your calf muscle when you do it. Yeah, so that's, that's a that. bit of a test. Yeah, it's yeah. it's tough. You know, not it, not everyone's cut out to do that, but but a lot of people are. <laughs> Most people are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, oh, so oh, with regards to three-gun, it's, it's not – you don't really need high levels of accuracy, but you do need to be able to shoot from compromised positions, from mm-hmm. standing, uh, and at some courses of fire, you need to be able to fire uh, through a VTAC, through a, a piece of plywood with a bunch of holes in it, uh, and mm-hmm. be able to make hits at, at extended ranges. So there are some of those uh, um, some of those hasty holds that you need to do to yeah. uh, to get your accuracy. Um, and, uh, marksmanship would help in, in all those situations, mark, mark, marksmanship and being able to hold the absolutely. gun for multiple shots. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt there is marksmanship skill, um, involved in all those speed shooting sports. You, Cause in order to, you, you still have to be accurate mm-hmm. and in order to be accurate quickly, you have to be accurate. Um, I think I would enjoy three gun and Ipsic and that kind of stuff more. If you, if you got to do it, like each stage two or three times in a row. I just feel like, okay, I'm going to go shoot and then I got to do it as fast as I can and then be done. And it's like, I'd like to have a little more time shooting. I'd like to go a little slower, <laughs> which I guess I could, but it seems wrong to deliberately go slow. So, you mm-hmm. know, different, different stuff. Um, the, the, the shooting sports I, I'm, I'm into too with service rifle is we shoot exactly the same course of fire um, every time we shoot the matches. So it becomes really easy to completely compare directly my performance with this time and last time. Mm-hmm. Whereas part of the beauty of Ipsic and three gun and that kind of thing is no two stages are the same and match to match the stages are different. So there's always a different challenge. So I can see the positives to that, but it makes it harder to compare yourself with how you're performing directly. And you end up uh, also measuring people's ability to break down a stage, to yep. plan out what the best run on that stage is, yep. to perform under pressure and remember the steps in their oh, in yeah. their stage breakdown. Yeah. Whereas yeah, service service rifle, if like the guy yells at you <laughs> what you're about yeah. to do, and if you've shot a couple of those matches, you probably know what you, you need to do. Yeah. And you can focus yeah, on exactly. the yep. marksmanship aspects yeah. of it. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And yeah, again, those are all different as- different positive aspects to the different sports, and I can see the appeal of both. I just lean towards the one. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it just depends on what you yeah, want to do, right? Exactly. Now, I'm also fortunate in that there's relatively a lot of service rifle around me. I've got, um, I've got 
CFP Borden and there's service rifle there with the ORA. I've got Milken, which is another hour and a half away, and they do service rifle. I've got the national range at five or six five or six hours away from me, so I can go to nationals easily. Mm-hmm. If I was in an area where that wasn't available, which most in most places in Canada it's not, then I would have to look at a different shooting sport. Yeah. So for you, three gun is pretty accessible, right? There's a fair bit of three gun where you're located. Oh right? yeah, yeah. I, yeah. If I let's say I didn't have the the range that I shoot three gun at now, I could get to monthly matches an hour away. I could get to monthly matches three and a half hours away, and I could get to monthly matches four and a half hours away. So yeah. they would be more driving, but. Uh, that there's there's lots of choice in Alberta. Al- Alberta's actually got a ton of clubs that are doing three gun. Yeah, yeah. So that for, you know that that is a big draw. It's it's available and mm-hmm. service rifle in Alberta. Yeah, it's so available. So no, like we have no. Uh, like our our club runs monthly service rifle matches at a hundred yards with no mm-hmm. butt system, right? So it's a yeah a modified course, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, exactly, and it's 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 working with what they have. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, there's no you know there's no NSCC style National Service Condition style in Alberta because of issues with the Provincial Rifle Association. So there's politics. Oh, I don't know anything about that. But. Yeah, no, don't don't try and learn about it. It's not. It's ugly. So don't need to go there. So okay. Yeah. Uh, are we good? Any other tips for uh, improving marksmanship? I- I, you know, I, I think the best is get out and try it. That's the best way to be a better marksman. Get out and do it. Yeah. Just, yeah. If you got a buddy, um, that's a really good shot. That's not a bad thing. I, you know what? And, and talking about, talking about, you know, having a competition as a reason to get better, uh, going back to Maple Seed, um, Maple Seed has, uh, if you're on their Facebook group, they do have monthly uh, basically, what a postal challenge. Oh yeah, they mm-hmm. they send out you know PDFs of or they post PDFs of targets with the rules for what you can shoot that month. So take those to the range or wherever, um, and test yourself. You know, and and just see how how you do. And even if you don't want to submit your targets, you can at least compare yourself to some of the other people who do post and and just kind of measure yourself that way. And uh, and then ask questions about things. Um, you know, they're the the group is would be pretty good at saying okay look I'm trying to figure out how to do this what's your techniques and and for the most part um, I have found people in the shooting sports especially are really keen on helping other people get better um, and not in a way that well here I'm going to show you how much I know they literally just hey you have a question we're going to try and give you the best answer we can because we want you to enjoy the sport as much as we do we all seem to enjoy the sport more if we have more success. Mm-hmm. So why not spread the, spread the success? So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing, thing, thing that's great about those maple seed postal challenges is that you can see where you stack up. So you get a, mm-hmm. a real quick measuring stick. A lot of guys, if you come from a small town, maybe you're the best shooter in that town, but that doesn't really mean much in the grand scheme of things. So it's, it's great to see where you, where you like match up to, uh, you know, people who shoot, uh, at the nationals like, uh, uh, mm-hmm. yourself and Rick and, and some of those other guys, right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. And I, I gotta tell you, there's some good sh- shooters who submit targets there and I just mm-hmm. go, Ooh, wow. <laughs> that, that person and that and I should say people I shouldn't say that guy I should that that person really knows how to shoot mm-hmm. um, and they do well at it so yeah 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we've got this uh, topic wrapped up. Why don't we uh, head into listener feedback? And I'll, uh, I'll take this one from Spencer. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> from Spencer. Hey, guys. I don't know if someone already wrote you on the topic, but your news story about on the last show about the NRA supporting legislation against bumfire stocks was not really accurate. Uh, well, we're from Canada, so sorry. There were <laughs> <laughs> at least two bills proposed to Congress within a day or two of the mass murder in Vegas. Of course, of course both are terrible as you'd expect. They're so poorly written that a gunsmith giving a pistol a trigger job would be a felony. Adding a new trigger to a semi-auto would also be a felony. It's so broad that it could even be extended to things like red dots, since those allow you to shoot a target faster than factory iron sights. However, the NRA never supported any kind of legislation. What the NRA suggested, and what seems to be the consensus about, uh, among most of the Republicans is to let the ATF re-examine their approval of bumpfire stocks. Of course, this caused howls from the no-compromise gun rights crowd, but it was the smart thing to do. We all know that timing is, time is critical in avoiding crazy laws being passed in the heat of the moment, and the ATF review will give us that. It also uh, caused wailing from the gun control crowd since they know that they have to get something passed as quickly as possible after a mass attack. Uh, there were articles in left-wing media, such as the CNN and MSNBC, with titles like, Did We Just Get Played by the NRA? To my mind, the worst-case scenario is that the ATF will stick to their original ruling that a bump stock doesn't make a semi-auto into a full auto. If they go that route, there will be push for a bill, but that will be months down the road and we'll be a lot better prepared to address the issue then. There certainly isn't a lot of support for keeping bump fire stocks legal, even among most gun owners I've talked to. I hate to give the gun grabbers a win, but I'm pretty sure there's not much that can be done to save them. And God help us if we do and they are later used in some other attack. That would be both a real and a political disaster. I know some people think the NRA should have tried to use the same no-compromise strategy after the, the, they used after Sandy Hook, but in this case, they can actually avoid damaging gun legislation by more than a back-channel route. That simply wasn't possible under a hostile administration. Personally, I think the NRA did as good a job as you can hope for under the circumstances. It will take a few months to see where this all ends up, but hopefully it won't be a big deal on the legal and political front. Spencer in Smyrna. Yeah, so um, we may have mixed in two different stories there because the uh, uh, I did hear uh, from gun owners who were uh, upset about the NRA um, uh, looking at bump fire stocks again. And there was a lot of backlash around these bills that were, these proposed bills that came out that were, like written so widely, you could drive a truck mm. through the uh, the, yeah. the language in it. So, uh, yeah, both things, those things were happening at the same time. We may have uh, mistaken what uh, which was attached to which. Sure. Yeah. Um, as far as bumpfire stocks go, I officially have no opinion because it's a moot point for us in Canada because they're the, what five rounds. Well, even if we could, no, no, it's like bat 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 bat, and then you'd be done. <laughs> <laughs> It'd yeah. be the, it's it's the most boring accessory ever in Canada. Yeah, 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 it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, 
whatever. I, I again, I have no no feeling one way or the other about them. So mm-hmm. stay right out of it. Yeah, it's just it's worrying if it gets bad legislation through. If they're pointing mm-hmm. at bump fire stocks and they're saying we don't like these, and gun owners are saying yeah we don't really care either, and then they drive some really poor yeah. legislation through. That's where that's where some of the risk. Well, that, is that's on it. This. And, and it was concerning some of the broad broad possible definitions of any, anything that can make your gun fire faster. Um, well, pretty much anything could be seen. Like you mm-hmm. say, red dot sights, um, lighter triggers, anything like that could be seen as, yeah, as making your gun, you know, possible to fire faster. Well, that's, which is not, not what they mean but can be twisted later and that's one of the things we as gun owners on both sides of the border have to worry about is how can this be interpreted later mm-hmm. um, so yeah we have to kind of watch those kind of things yeah uh, if you'd like to email the show send your email to slamfireradio at gmail.com uh, we don't have any new iTunes reviews this week but if you'd like to review the show it just helps us get out there and uh, be discovered a little bit easier uh, you can review us on iTunes, BeanPod, or um, I think there's uh, Google Play. So if you're on an Android phone, that's that might be the one you want to use. Uh, there's lots of different places that uh, that you can review these shows, and it just helps again for them to be a little bit easier to be uh, uh, surfaced. Uh, Brian, do you have any shoutouts? I'll, I'll just do a, uh, kind of a broad brush shoutout to all the um, Maple Seed uh, instructors admin staff and uh, participants at uh, Barry this past weekend. I'm not going to try and name names because I've already proven on Facebook that I forget people and then I look dumb. Um, but it was great to meet every one of you and great to shoot with you all. And it was a, just a, a really fun weekend. Awesome. Uh, Patreon supporters. We have 75 Patreon supporters and I think we're due for a Patreon episode. So if you'd like to, to receive uh, access to those special episodes, uh, check us out at slam. Uh, sorry, patreon.com slash slamfire. Uh, you'll also see the link to that on our website at slamfireradio.com. Uh, just uh, kind of closing off here, please join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR, the CSSA. It's important to uh, get out there and have them supporting us uh, and uh, representing us. Uh, get out there and uh, shoot some IPSC. Uh, to go shoot a service rifle course or some even – is it service CQB? How do you say the CQB one? I'm always confused. It, it is service CQB. Service but, yeah. CQB. It's such a it's such a weird name for a shooting competition. But Yeah, it, it's it's short-range marksmanship. That's really what it is. But that's a mouthful in itself. So Oh, and it's it, – it, like the match itself is great. CQB is, is awesome. So uh, yeah. try, try to fight one of those locally because those are, those are a lot of fun. And uh, and get on hunting. It's uh, the season's coming up here pretty quick. And uh, if you're not in, into hunting just yet, and you want to try to get into it, grab a shotgun and uh, go out find some public land and see if you can find some grouse. Uh, check yep. us out on Gun Owners of Canada and like us on Facebook. Any uh, any final uh, shoutouts or uh, goodbyes, Brian? I, I'll just give my standard um, uh, sign off for all the listeners. Please remember: shoot safe, shoot straight. And shoot often. There we go. Good night, everyone. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time.
time to get a gun.